This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and Karen Stockman joining me today from Community Waikato. Welcome, Karen. Kia ora, Holly. Thanks for having me. Next Wednesday, we have the Community Waikato Conference um, coming up. Uh, of course, uh, registrations are now closed, but um, we'll be having a bit of a chat about what people can expect who are signed up to that. And for those of you who aren't signed up but are interested in what it might look like, we'll talk about how you can follow kind of what's going on and access some of the information. Um, but it's also a pretty important week next week, uh, being Mental Health Awareness Week. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, what that entails and, and about some of the groups around our community and social service sector uh, that do provide services and support around mental health. So that's um, essentially our show today, isn't it? Sure is. Fantastic. Um, so welcome to our listeners. Let's jump in first of all, um, perhaps by talking a little bit of that higher level wellness stuff, which of course really connects into... Um, mental health and mental health uh, awareness uh, and we became quite conscious of the need to support the um, well-being of our team particularly post-COVID um, particularly in a hybrid working environment where there's less um, day-to-day connection and you've been working very hard developed a strategy for the team um, and supported people to develop their own well-being plans based on that model. Yes. So tell us a little bit about um, the actual strategy and what it is you're trying to achieve in, in the way you ended up putting that together. I think the important thing about the wellbeing strategy for our team is that it's connected with our purpose and it's connected with the strategic direction yeah. that the organisation is going in. So first and foremost, I think that's critical. What you're saying is this is not an off-the-shelf here's a wellbeing strategy, slap it on an environment or an organisation and that fixes things. Absolutely. So we want to start with the organisation and what it's about and what's important to it, so what its values are. And we talked a lot about the culture of our organisation because we needed to to develop a strategy that actually fitted with the culture. Yeah. And every team is in a different place and has a different kind of culture too. Absolutely. So if you reflect on the culture of our team, we don't ever leave. Everybody's been there for a long time. I think the newest person is in their second year, but everybody else is at least five plus years That's right. in the role. And we are always oversubscribed in terms of the capacity that we have to deliver. So there's always more demand for the work that we do than there is capacity to deliver. So everybody in the team is under pressure because no one wants to say no to good stuff, eh? No, and has huge heart and mm. commitment to community and the co-papa yes. that we work within. So we all have a tendency to overcommit. And this is a this is you know we're not the only organisation who has this issue. You know, no. when we look across the community and social service sector, we can see there are significant. A number of individuals and organisations who do work well outside their funded scope. Absolutely, and well mm. outside, or not well outside, but 
that stretch the boundaries of the capacity of the organisation to That's deliver. Right. So we're always pushing on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. No, so so that was quite key then was to make sure that a strategy first of all connected with the the values and the purpose of the organisation, and then B really took into account the culture of the organisation. Absolutely. So our starting point was with a bunch of people who put everybody else's needs above their own. Yeah. Who sacrificed their own well-being sometimes for the greater good of the co-papa of the you know the organization yeah. so we needed to acknowledge that we were starting from that place yeah. not starting from some other place that we imagined we wanted to be yes um so in developing the strategy it actually looked at improving well-being from the baseline of where people were starting rather than some standardized let's yeah you know so i'm I'm renowned in our team for saying I don't like forced family fun, so I'm not keen on the, mm-hmm. you know, jolly holly, hockey sticks sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. team stuff. But I will do things if that's what other people want to do. Um, however, it was important for us to say, let's just be better than we have been. So yeah. let's shape up our behaviour around well-being. And across our team, Holly, I think it would be fair to say that we've got varying degrees of focus on well-being. Yeah. Some people are pretty good at taking care of their well-being. Others not so high on their priority list. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody was moving along in some way. At at their own pace. At their own pace. Yeah. And certainly by their own free will. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's really fair. In, in terms of designing a strategy, because it becomes quite difficult, doesn't it? Because there's an organisational one that somehow has to capture those different places that people are at and, and those the different priorities people place on it. Um, but you really, I suppose, identified some key principles um, that really um, apply across the team in terms of that wellbeing strategy. So I think, you know, as you, as you referred to earlier, we did choose Te Whare Tapawha as the overarching model of wellbeing that we applied to the organisation. So that looks at wellbeing mm. from the four different aspects. So our physical, emotional and mental, spiritual yep. and our social wellbeing underpinned by our the our connection yeah, to the Fenua and to, to the to the place that we're yeah, at. Yeah. So that was the foundation. And from there we started looking at what reasonably what were we already doing in terms mm. of, of team well being and what else might we do? Um and look to set some a, you know some goals for ourselves really in terms yeah. of what that might look like we consulted the team really early on in terms of what activities might look like and how often and and, mm. and the principle behind those activities um, is really about connecting people with each other and and perhaps not always necessarily in a work kind no of, no but it's, sometimes it's, in it's a, about, a, yeah but it's about relationships Absolutely, and yeah. it's about our collective well-being yeah. in those in those four areas. Yeah, yeah. So, what we were looking at is, you know, what are the kinds of things we could do together that would enhance our relationships, but would also contribute to our collective 
well-being in one or more of the of the areas of Tefari Tapafa. So just as an example, one of the activities that the team came up with was a visit to uh, the museum in Te Awamutu and a trip around the significant historical landmarks in mm. their community mm. um, in terms of understanding the place that we're situated in yeah. and, and becoming more familiar with the whenua that we yeah. are contributing to the well-being of with our, with our mahi. Yeah. So that that was for our own our well-being in terms of us understanding the space that we're occupying. Yeah. Um, and then we've had things where we've had fun and it's simply been about taking ourselves less seriously and, and having a bit of a giggle. Yes. And so that feeds really, I guess, that that social need to connect and be in relationship with one another, but also our mental and emotional well-being. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the strategies come along really well. We were supported through that by um, Daz and, and her team. At the Good Day Matrix. Yes. And and they're actually doing a presentation at the conference. Yes, they next are. Next week, which is great. Yes, they are. And, um, and again, they're talking about well-being. So it's quite timely being Mental Health Awareness Week, <laughs> you yes. know, that, that we're prioritising some of those conversations. And if you think about it, so the theme of the conference, Embrace the Challenge, taking care of our mental health is definitely a challenge in That's a right. post-pandemic environment. Um, we've never experienced the kinds of uh, lifestyle impacts that we have over the, yeah. like we have over the last two, two and a half, nearly three years. Look, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other organisations working in this space, because you're right. Things have changed for many people and um, for some people who haven't perhaps had some of these experiences before who are struggling, there are some amazing community-based organisations who are providing a range of kind of services and support and we'll touch on those very shortly before we give you some insights on how to follow some details about the conference as it comes up next week. So we're just going to take a short break now we'll be back with you very soon.
a good heart these days is hard to find, they say. I would argue the opposite. There are many good hearts. I agree, and I think we're much more conscious of the need to have a good heart these days as as we were yeah, I think a couple it, of decades ago, or at least we're more obvious yeah, yeah. In, our, in our decision to have a good heart. We uh, don't... We don't say harden up yes. as much as we used to. Exactly. And and many of the organisations we deal with um, would come from exactly that perspective. Eh? Yeah. It's not about getting hard. It's just about, yeah, being yourself, being you, owning all of that. With all your vulnerability and all yeah, of your strengths. That's right. So let's talk a little bit now um, about some of those organisations that are working in and around. And this isn't by any stretch an exhaustive. No, list. not at all. <laughs> yeah. So just off the top of our heads, so I've you know been doing a little bit of work lately with an organisation called Mates Matter New Zealand Charitable Trust. So is this a relatively new group or? It's a pretty new group. Yeah. Um, founded by a man called Craig Bullock and a, a, a few other people, but definitely focused on men's mental health. Nice. Um, Craig recognised, I guess, that there wasn't a lot around for men, um, and so they have a huge focus on education. Nice. And people knowing where to get assistance, linking people up with services. So Craig's big thing is about making sure that people know where to go. Yeah that they have good services available, so empirically-based services, services that are founded in research or... Yeah, evidence-based. There's a cre- yeah. evidence-based, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Nice, nice. And so how, where do people get hold of them? Would you just look up Mates Matter? Absolutely. So they have a Facebook page. They're often posting. They post pretty frequently on there. They're a pretty small organisation. They also um, are creating a website. Nice. But definitely through Facebook. And um, I'm sure there's other, I, a person of my vintage Facebook yes. is the social media <laughs> that I use, Holly. Yeah, you and me both, my friend. <laughs> um, you've also been working quite a bit with Evolve. Yes, I have. So yeah. Evolve, again, is another small charitable trust base here in Hamilton. And Evolve Peer Support provide support for people with anxiety and depression um, and they have a program that's called The Journey which t- which people can um, enrol on if they meet the criteria that helps them to strengthen themselves and look at how they mm. keep good mental health. They also run some peer support groups mm. so the people who mm. provide that support are people who have lived experience yeah, in those areas, which but, I think is really great, and it's quite similar to Progress to Health. Similar to Progress to Health, another local yeah. Hamilton organisation. I was at their AGM just a couple of weeks ago, yes. actually, and and they're of course still doing some amazing things. Yes, and they've been around a long time. And same as Centre Four Hundred One. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the main difference with Evolve and Centre Four Hundred One is that they are peer-led organisations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think which is really is really important for for some people to to know the people they're talking to have been there that they yep. really get it yep. it's not academic for yep. them yeah and that power balance of knowing that you are speaking to someone who understands yeah rather than sometimes people can find it daunting to go and I'm and, and it's not that their professional services don't have their place that's right um, yeah. and definitely there are there are a number of professional services out there that can be extremely helpful for people who are experiencing mental distress yeah. of some sort. 
these groups are great when you're looking to do some things for yourself. Yeah. You know, to fill up your cup, to create um, a greater resilience for yeah. yourself. And sometimes just to process what's been going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. You know, internally and, yep. um, you know, having someone who's been there and done that, you know, I think that can be a bit easier sometimes to process with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are also crisis services for people if, if they need to reach out, like Lifeline. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got a number here for people who are thinking that having a conversation would be good, and that's the 0800 It's not a bad number to remember, eh? 0800 um, So that's Lifeline if, if people are feeling um, in a moment of crisis and really need to reach out and speak mm. to someone immediately. Um, they are available all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some self-directed websites too. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know that John Kerwin, yes, um, through the Mental Health Foundation, I think it is. Um, yeah. There is a, a like a self-help process you can work through through the website. And of course, um, all throughout the week as well, there's um, Mental Health Awareness Week, M-H-A-W. If you Google that, um, there are a whole lot of events going on around the country, um, but also a range of online events that you can join in as well. And I think they're around um, conversations with different experts or um, people with different experiences in that space. So um, well worth connecting with some of that stuff as well. but you know coming back to the conference we we have it, it really is a well-being focus and much of it isn't it like even um Nathan Wallace's talk really is about sort of building some of that resilience isn't absolutely. it absolutely um and he's got quite a, a reputation in in that space um there's quite a few um treaty type conversations as well yep and that has a really interesting and important fit, I think, with mental health and absolutely, yeah, resilience, um, particularly for for Māori and our community. Absolutely, I'm just looking at the theme for Mental Health Awareness Week this year is reconnect with the people and places that lift you up. Mm. And I think when we talk about the, about the treaty and we explore what it means to yes. operate within the intentions and principles of the treaty, um, definitely reconnecting with people and places that lift you up is a, is a significant... Quite fundamental, isn't it? Ab- absolutely. And actually it describes that conference really well too, you know, right through our conversations about why we were doing this. It was all about reconnecting people, yes. lifting people up after a really hard last few years. Absolutely. And I think, Holly, it would be fair to say that that's why we've had such... A significant uptake. Yeah, I mean, oh. to the point where we've had to close. Yes, the um, registrations, which is fantastic. Yes. I mean, certainly not complaining. No, <laughs> great to have a fantastic turnout like that. But yeah, over two hundred people coming along, which is just going to be fantastic. Um, I think people are ready for that. Just to touch base with people again, but to take some time to sit back and reflect a little bit, and yeah. to and to invest in themselves. Yeah. And that's what wellbeing's all about, eh? It it's sure is. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. But, of course, for those of you who weren't able to get um, into our conference but would perhaps still like to follow some of the um, information, the workshops won't be available, but we are going to be doing some filming around the keynotes. Yes, we are. So there'll be a lot of stuff available on our website post the conference. 
But if you're interested during the conference, we do have a hashtag. So the hashtag is hashtag embrace the challenge 2022. Yeah. And so we will be putting stuff out with that throughout the conference. So absolutely you know, during that time. So um, for uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And encouraging participants at the conference to learn about hashtags and how to use them. So hopefully there'll be all sorts of different perspectives <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. represented. Exactly. Um, but in terms of keynote speeches, that will be recorded and then uploaded to our YouTube channel. Yes. Um, which I think is just Community Wakato. <laughs> so you can look us up on YouTube. Um, Nathan Wallace will be speaking. Um, he's He's got quite a um, significant following reputation you know he's um he's an absolute professional his background's in early childhood um as a teacher but he's um also a child therapist a social service manager he lectures at university and a neuroscience trainer yes. and that's really what he's talking about yes. this neuroscience stuff eh? yes. like, like working on your brain to to um to do well <laughs> to look Absolutely. after yourself um, today, Tim Moxon, she's another keynote speaker, uh, so that will also be um, streamed. Um, she has a, a huge background, uh, largely in things like um, she's actually got a, le- a law she, background. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's a lawyer <laughs> by trade, but she's also um, the managing director of Tokoho Health, and she's been fundamental in establishing that PHO and driving it and yes. growing it beyond just doctors and and nurses to. A, a multidisciplinary, um, holistic health practice. Hub. Yeah, it is. Health hub. That's a great way to put it. So she's quite amazing. But tell us a little bit about Kaylin, who's also doing a keynote. So on day two, we have um, Kaylin Huntress, who will be zooming in. Yes. Um, and he will be talking about the power of play in the online environment. So his big focus is on how to make online engagement ping in the same way that, you know, yeah. and, and I've, I've been a person who's resisted the online thing, as you well know, we're, because we're, it's we're, like we... We're late adopters of technology, well, largely. It, we're, we're, we're not the digital natives of the, the Zoom no, or anything. And, and for me, it's also, I've really struggled as, a, as an experienced facilitator, like holding space mm. and being able to read the energy in the room, being able to influence the energy in the room is... It's a fundamental skill of facilitation. I have found it very difficult to find my mojo with that online. In that space, yeah. And so Kaylin has a whole lot of tips and techniques for yeah. really strengthening that um Because many space. of our service providers do have, have had to move to some online service delivery. Absolutely. So some great ways of thinking about how to maybe do that a bit differently, which is and very I think, cool. And not just because of the pandemic, no. Holly. If you look at our region and we think about some of the remotest parts of our region, we have always struggled yeah. to ensure equitable kind of access across the whole exactly. region. and technology enables that and that's been one of the It also reduces carbon emissions which is fantastic. Totally. So if we can do that really well and we can do that in ways that work for people and get the greatest productivity then I think that's an amazing outcome. So that's Kaylin. Um, We've also got our colleague Gary Thompson, our kaifakariti, talking about... Is this the one? Is this keynote about the decolonising... 
organisations. Is that the key? Because he's doing two things. He's doing a he's, workshop and a... So um, he, the focus of Gary's corridor is around how to become, you know, like lots of organisations wish to embody the principles of the treaty yeah. and to work in partnership with Māori. And it's really about unpacking and exploring what that means. So yeah. he's going to tell some stories and share some learning around the um, unfolding of, of co-governance in, in a space that he's involved in. But really the the essence of it is about helping people figure out how to move the organisations in those directions. We're run out of time, um, which we always do. But <laughs> but that I think, you know, what we're trying to say here is that there is some availability to, to listen and to capture some of this stuff um, online if you've been unable to make it to the conference. So do look us up, communitywaikato.org.nz and check us out on YouTube. That is us for another week. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, Free FM 89.0. episodes use the accessmedia.nz app for ios and android devices or subscribe to this podcast via spotify iHeartRadio, or apple podcasts this free fm podcast was brought to you with support from new zealand on air